You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B O D I dot com. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Everyone, we are back, or I should say, I am back from vacation. Abby is still on vacation with her family, but I'm not solo this week. I have my dear friend, one of my favorite people of all time, Anthony Lario is joining us. He is a man of many hats. Anthony, for those of you who do not know who Anthony is, Anthony, how would you describe yourself? Well, I love you so much, V, and I'm so glad that you have me. But I would call, I get in trouble for whatever I make my job title because I work by myself. So I decided to just... Uh, refer to it as housewife handler (laughs) Um, or a few people on different types of reality shows, but whatever they really need, whether it be, you know, uh, public relations, communications, branding, um, you know, direction on the TV show. um, I freelance do it by myself. Um, I think the best way to describe it is handler. Um, I try to only do like one at a time um, because it can be overwhelming, but I also have a podcast called shit show which is really awesome with my best friend, Morgan. We've been on a little bit of a hiatus just due to both of our work lives being nuts. I forgot what it was like to work a full-time job and do a podcast at the same time. I don't know how you guys do it. It's a lot. (laughs) It's crazy. So we'll we'll be picking back up tomorrow though, but yeah. Yay. And you guys, Anthony is also very talented himself. He is a Swifty. Check out his TikTok that went viral where he did all the Taylor Swift songs. We were just talking about Taylor dropped the Red Album. This is not going to be a Taylor Swift episode. Don't you worry. But but he's also very talented. So thank you. I appreciate it. Please follow him on Instagram at Anthony Lario, L-A-R-I-O. Copying that from you because I know that's how you usually do it. But let's talk housewives. Let's talk. Let's start with the least fun, which to me is New York. So in this week's episode of New York, we basically, it's election day. Um, tensions are running high, the, as we all kind of remember reliving that moment. But the gist of this relation, or episode is Ebony has the women over. Um, the only women that came were Lou and Sonia. Ramona left the city in true Ramona fashion because she felt like she was unsafe. And I love Sonia's had talking head moments of all of that, which was pretty funny. But um, in general, it was an okay episode. Like I felt like it was setting up for next week. Next week, we're going to see Bershawn. Um, I'm excited to get to know Bershawn. I, the thing, my hot take with New York, before I want to hear your hot take, 
is that I think the dialogue and the conversations that are being had are important. I just feel like it's very forced interaction with that cast. And we've never really had that with them before. They've always gelled pretty well. And it just feels really forced. Your thoughts? Um, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I think that something that I've liked about Housewives is that it always kind of naturally encompasses what is going on in the world at that time. If you remember back in, you know, 2008, 2009 with the economic recession, the Real Housewives of Orange County, like it's all kind of all they talked about on that show. And it was very timely. And I think that this is timely. However, you know, due to most of the women on the show being white, and I think a lot of them, I think the cast is kind of split. Half of them vote one way, half of them vote the other. I feel like you would think that during the pandemic and whatever, this would really be affecting them. I feel like it's not affecting most of the cast. And that's why it feels like forced, if that makes sense. It's like they have to talk about it. Yeah. Well, for me, it's not even talking about it. I just think like the friendships. Like I love Ebony. I think she's fantastic. I love what she brings to the table. I love if she doesn't back down. Her story is like awesome to me. I just, it just feels like she was very much like plucked and plopped. That's kind of my forced, but. I agree. And I think it speaks to a, a bigger conversation that needs to happen on these shows because obviously we realize we need to diversify. And with diversify means, it, it means making sure that that person is also safe and making sure that that person also has genuine people that they are friends with, that they can interact with. It, it has to feel authentic. And I think that maybe that's where people are, because I've yeah. seen it everywhere. Everybody thinks that the show feels different. I don't think that different is bad. No. I, yeah, I actually am in, really enjoying this season. Um, but I understand what you're saying for sure. You're like the only person. I think <laughs> I've heard say that. But yeah. I think a lot of it is to me is that authenticity and it just feels and Leah, I loved her first season, second season, she's doing a lot in multiple ways. So I'm not feeling her at all. Heather was came in like very like obvious producer. We need it, we need someone. Let's bring Heather back. She came in. It just, I don't know. So I just, I need them to go on a trip and have like a bonding moment and we'll have some fun again. But I love all the conversations that are being had. I think it's important. It's reflective over time. I think it's something that these women need to like open up their blinders. So I I love all of that. I'm here for that. Um, I just wish they were actually friends. Some of them. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that looking back at last season, with Dorinda, Leah, and the whole crew. I think that that, New York is the epitome of an ensemble show. I feel like it always has been, especially like the last five years. You know, each of them kind of have a theme and New York is about the ensemble. It's almost not even important for each of them to have personal storylines. It's just about how they interact with each other. So the fact that, that the show's mold is dependent on how they interact with each other does make this feel starkly different because they're not really all genuine friends. and. You know, there's nothing wrong with age differences in friendships, but it is beginning to feel like these people would not interact. But then also at the other end, what do you do? Like, you know, Ramona, Sonia, and Luann are so great and such great assets. Like, is it worth getting rid of them to recast around Leah and Ebony? I, I don't know. It, I wish that Bravo had a plan in 
place about what to do with OGs when their time is kind of up on a show. No, I agree. And wait, last hot take. I'm actually really curious on your thoughts on this. A lot of people are campaigning for Dorinda to come back. Do you think she should come back? And do you think she will come back? Hey, listen, I'm... uh, I'm the type of person that, and I feel like I do this in all ways, unless the the person like really did something like, you know, like racist or homophobic or just like non-redeemable that I can't even, you know, whatever. But, you know, I have not had really good personal experiences with Dorinda at all, like in any way, shape or form. That doesn't mean that I don't think that she's an asset to this TV show. I think that she was going through a really difficult time and maybe I'm too empathetic Um, but I feel that, I feel that kind of, I think that we have multiple coming of ages in life and Mm -hmm. I, she was having a coming of age last year and she needed this break. I think they should bring her back. I would like, I I think the show is missing that heart and it was missing it. And and Leah kind of brought that her first season a little bit, that like heart, but it's missing that like rough and tough heart right now. I feel like. Dorinda would be a good bridge between the old OGs and Leah in that group. Yeah, I I feel like she would be a good person to kind of like bring it all in together. Yeah. Well, also we're waiting to see Bershawn too. I'm hoping maybe the show will feel more conclusive with Bershawn because if I'm not, if if I'm correct, Bershawn is friends with Ramona, right? I thought, I don't know. I thought she was friends with Ebony but oh, maybe I'm yeah. just throwing in assumptions because we meet her next week at Ebony's party. Okay. But I'm not, I'm not sure. I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Bershawn could be a bridge as well. And we, we'll see how this cast gels with Bershawn. Maybe next year they can do the current cast right now with Bershawn and then just add Dorinda. See what yeah, happens. Yeah, or get rid of Leah. I don't know. And add Bershawn full time. <laughs> I don't I don't think they should get rid of Leah. No, I'm, I don't either. I, I mean just I'm like just I don't saying think that. they should have I don't think they should have that we'll talk about that later, but I don't think they should have gotten rid of Brahman either. I, I think that two seasons I think every if you're not a one season wonder, if you make it to season two, every housewife should be able to have a three season. Sure. Minute. Well, and the thing is I was having a conversation with some other Bravo fans, but I, I don't think just because we don't like someone doesn't mean they should automatically be fired or be let go. Like we watch these shows because some people have something to bring to the table and Leah, whether we like her or not, she brings something to the table. So what do you think? What do you think is the most, um, is the quality that is really turning Leah off? Because the way that I've been watching these shows lately is I've been trying not to really gauge fan reaction. I just want to watch them how I used to watch them. I used to be surprised when I saw new cast members. I used to be shocked when I saw some leave. So what I'm picking up is I'm seeing a girl who is obviously not meaning a lot of things that she says. I'm seeing that she is... We already know that she has bipolar 2. I'm seeing somebody who's struggling with that. And I'm seeing somebody who's struggling with like a coming of age. She's changing her religion and she's getting sober. And it's hard. It's hard. It seems hard for her. But what are people seeing that they really don't like her? I think what people don't really like is like she had this like, you know how most housewives get that second season glow up? Hers is like, it just feels like she's trying way too hard. Okay. She's got people's attention, you know, season one, bitch, I elevate this shit. And now it feels like it's in her head a little bit. Like it just feels like she's 
not being, not to overuse the word authentic, but it doesn't feel real to me. It feels very much like she's putting on a performance. I'm wearing the crazy ass shit because I'm Leah and this is who I am. And it just feels, I don't know. It's just a lot. It just feels like very like trying way too hard. I can see that. I just feel like there's so many people who have done that. And I feel like this is like getting a lot of attention now. Like if you look back at like how Brandy acted or even Tamra, a lot of the time, if you look back at early seasons of Ramona or Bethany, like I feel like everybody kind of has years like this. And I just feel like it's so like intense right now because there's so much conversation around it, which that's PR. If this is what's happening right now and there is conversation, then they have to adjust. That's true. And so it's, I think it's just a big transitional period in in this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, another show that's gone through a transition, I feel like in the best way possible is Beverly Hills. Everyone's raving about the season so far. Um, In this most recent episode, we were left with the to be continued. Um, They're also covering election season, but we, we find out that Erica filed for divorce Um, She didn't tell the women. She told them via text. She didn't show up to the election party, understandably so. Um, Garcelle asked a million-dollar question. Why wouldn't she wait until Tom's (laughs) dead, (laughs) basically, um, to file for divorce? And then she shows up to Sutton's party. And then, uh, of course, we don't know what happens or what she says until next week. And in, in the midst of all that, Erica's had a really busy week. Housewife yeah. and Hustler, that Hulu doc dropped on Monday, I think. Everyone's talking about it. And then she's had some legal things happen as well. Her lawyers um, in the bankruptcy case were trying to file um, a dis- I'm butchering my lawyer words, so I'm not a lawyer. Um, um, I'm a Google lawyer. But she, um, a motion to withdraw, they filed that. And then yesterday withdrew that motion to withdraw. So it sounds like to me, from that, from a legal standpoint and from the messages I've received from Real Moms of Bravo, real lawyers and Google lawyers, is that she got paid them and that's why. Um, but anyhow, uh, that, that's a lot. There's a lot happening. I want your take on all the Erica Jane stuff. Do you think she knew? Like, what is your thought? Like, I just want your thoughts, especially... You, and this is like how you described yourself as a housewife handler. If Erica Jane were your client, would you advise her to be on TV? Your thoughts? I mean, I think that, well, I've never dealt with somebody while they're going through a legal thing like this. I feel like that's a whole different ball game. Something that I would have advised her to do is, I mean, it's just kind of PR 101 is mortification strategy. You know, obviously Jen Shaw didn't do that with her situation. Erica had a bit more leverage though, because her team is actively, I'm assuming, working to prove that she had no idea or was not aware of this. Something that she could have done right in the beginning of this was made a statement, you know, wait on it for a couple of weeks about how upset she is about the victims. That's all she had to do was address these victims. There could have been a charitable component. There could have been an idea of how can I contribute some of my assets, you know, I'm sure one of the handbags is a hundred thousand dollars, which the burn victim was owed, you know, 
why not let me sell, let me donate this handbag for a hundred thousand dollars. Give it to, give it to this kid. Like at least to paint herself in a light of holy crap. I had no clue. I think that we, she's very unlikable. I will say this. I don't think that she is a likable person. And I realized this back when, do you remember when she stole somebody's meme? And it was, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he refused to give the person credit. Mm -hmm. I remember that. That is like trickle down to something like this. Like these ladies on Beverly Hills consistently yell at their cast members. They go through one every two years that they oust from the show for not owning it or being accountable. And none of them are accountable. This is why I like really can't get into Beverly Hills sometimes because it frustrates me looking at people like Rinna, Erica, Kyle, Dorit with all this baggage and they are consistently trying to force other people to be accountable while simultaneously not acknowledging anything that they're going through because they have a pact to never reveal it. That is frustrating as a viewer. And I think that that is the biggest fourth wall thing for me that, that leaves me disinterested. I think the way that Eric is handling it, in my opinion, proves that she, she did know about it. I, I, I just... I think that there was a caller who called into Radio Andy and she was super genuine and it reflected me because I try not to get too emotionally invested in these unless I'm working with somebody who's on it. And she said, you know, this was kind of the first thing that I saw that makes me not want to watch the show anymore because it feels icky. And Andy's response was like so dismissive of the victims. He said, you know, well, it was Daniel Staub and Dana Wilkie, so I don't know how reputable it was, which just showed his own ignorance that he didn't even watch it because there were actual victims in the documentary. They need to be careful about this kind of stuff. No, but- absolutely. I mean, I will say I like flip-flop. I'm I'm a I will admit, I'm the first to admit that I flip-flop my opinions. But initially, yes. so I watching the documentary, the documentary itself is I feel like if they didn't have Dana and Danielle, like it kind of took a little credibility away. The most profound part was obviously the victim stories. Like that's so important, but it just felt like a lot of like smoke and mirrors a little bit. Like it, it, it was very, like it was written and made in a way to really like slant against Erica um, without having her opinion. Of course, of course. And for ratings and all that stuff. Um, but I mean, it was excellent television like I was into it for the hour I watched but the thing that got me so at the end of the documentary we find out that Tom's been doing this for 40 years which is a long ass time he hasn't been married to Erica 40 years so I was like you know it's possible like maybe she didn't know like I'm the first to admit I'm the first to admit I was like when my home and my marriage and my husband I hate to sound like very stereotypical gender norms or whatever if he's housewife yeah, but like my husband, for instance, we're getting ready to um, build a home. That's something that's going on in my life. Yeah, he kind of figured out all the finances. I just kind of showed up to the conversations. I didn't. Yes. I didn't know. So I'm like, well, maybe this is the same thing with Erica. Like she just asked for her money, her play money, and she just didn't know where it was coming from. I agree. So I started to think that, and yes. then I listened to Kate Casey's podcast. <laughs> So Kate Casey had um, one of the plaintiff attorneys on her show. So please um, check out her podcast. We love Kate here. And based on other things and legal, it sounds like she did know. 
I kind of under the suspicion that initially she didn't know and then somehow got like loop wrapped into the, all of this. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it's like a situation where she might've heard something, but not really understood the legitimacy of it and probably talked to her lawyer husband about it who swept it away. Cause it is true when you do have a lot of money, like there are lawsuits, like there are things in business that happen. Like, think about Margaret and the Vineyard Vines logo. Like, when you have a lot of money and you have a business, like, stuff like this happens. But, however, I don't think that she may might have understood, like, the heaviness of it or how serious it was. I do think, though, that it says... I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of either. I don't even know if it says anything about gender norms, but it is typical that one person in the marriage does, like, take care of the finances, you know, and somebody takes care of something else. So... It's very often I've seen it in my own household. My dad's given me a piece of paper, like you got to sign this for X. Yeah, absolutely. You just sign it and then it's whatever. Exactly. Yep. You trust. That's where like a part of me is like, okay, like maybe we don't know, but based on this, like with this plaintiff attorney and some evidence that there, that hasn't been released or whatever, it sounds like there's no way that she didn't know and that her company was using allegedly, allegedly using these funds. Um, so I'm really curious to see how this is all going to play out and the depositions that she has and that she hasn't had yet that she's going to have. So it's, it's really interesting. One question that we've been getting a lot on Erica specifically is, do you think she'll show up to the reunion? Um, I hope she does because of all the shit that she gave LVP. Um, I get it's, bit different of a situation. One is lying where it could end you up in jail. One, the other one is lying that could end you up in Raider online. Um, you know, it's a little bit different. I get it. If she's being consulted to not show up. Um, I think she owes it to the community and her fans and people who watch because she is a figure in pop culture. You know, I'm, I'm somebody who I have empathy. You know, when someone's a public figure, I'll even use people that I work with, for example. I try not to get frustrated when somebody's public perception of somebody is different than what I see them as. Yeah. Because that's the right of the viewer. That's the right of the consumer. The consumer has the right to view something, consume it, and make their own opinion about it. And they have the right to talk to other people in the message boards about it and do whatever. So it's difficult. I I think that in a certain way, she does owe it to the fans, but in another way, it's if it's going to cost her her life and her livelihood, then maybe not. I guess she's got a way out, which is more important. I, you know, you're right. Like, Erica has always been known as, like, an ice queen. I kind of, I enjoyed her and her zero fucks given era of Housewives. Like, I kind of like this girl. Like, she says what she means and thinks. Me too. But she's never, like, revealed anything. And... Clearly, there's a lot to be revealed given the situation. She's always been very um, conscious of what she says. And as much as, I mean, you have a good point about the the Fierce Five or the Fox Five. I don't know what they're calling them. Um, between Kyle, Dorit, the, the, Renna. The Force Fox Five. Yeah, some, I don't know, something like that. But I, I mean, you do have a point there. I, I've always loved Kyle. Abby and I are pretty biased in that and we are easily people can win us over just by being kind to us. And Kyle has been one of those people. Yeah. Um, Rena, I agree. You never know anything about her. Dorit, yeah. 
I mean, there was legal issues there, like whatever happened to that. So I don't know, but I'm still here for it. It's entertaining again. And so far there isn't a single storyline and Crystal's great. Do you like Crystal? I'm happening to find something that I like in every single person, even Erica this year. I think that that's when you know a season's going well is like, you know, even Sutton, I'm like, I don't agree with a lot of the shit that she said and how she reacted, but I find Sutton likable. I find all of them redeemable. The only person who is not as likable to me is Erica. And I think that that's just because of the surrounding nature. Well, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, Crystal, I really, Crystal to me, it seems like someone who you can tell has truly never been on TV. Yes. Just like how she acts, like, which I love, like, She's like, oh shit, I wasn't going to talk about my eating disorder, like how she reacted to her husband. Like I wasn't expecting for that to happen. Yeah. And, you know, clearly in Tahoe, when she left, she left because she, the cameras and all of that maybe became a little bit too much, but I I like that from her. She's, she gives me a snobbiness that I feel like has been lacking from housewives, but in a very likable way to me. Yeah. And I also, I like that she doesn't seem rehearsed and I like that and I mean, I could see Crystal realistically becoming a new a new staple in this franchise for when Kyle eventually leaves. Yeah. I could see that happening. She's a good main she has big main character energy. Which she Leah, does, and she doesn't hold back in confrontation. Yeah. She's not Leah shy. has Leah used to have big main character energy too. Like, I'm the lead. It's fine. Um, no, I, I really like her. I also am shocked to see some conversation online about the age difference between she and her husband when in my opinion the guy i I get that there's some age difference but he looks young and hot to me but by the way i think that he and um but also like about the bag how she bought she has a ninety-five thousand dollar bag where what the fuck is this double standard that everybody's hating on her for this bag I don't, I'm here for the bag. I'm here for the clothes and the glamour. It's an Hermes bag. It may not be your cup of tea, but it's obviously hers. So let her have it. Well, also it's housewives. When did we start like judging people on housewives about like what they're buying? It's like, I know it's housewives. It's always been part of like the DNA. Like that's honestly why I started watching housewives was to see how these people spend their money. Yeah. It's like envy culture. Like you want to like envy like and in a healthy way and i kind of feel like we've gotten away from that but beverly hills always will have that oh my gosh well anthony this has been so much fun um anthony and i are going to talk more on our patreon page so please check out our patreon um it's a way to support us um this is our way to do something fun for you for free but our patreon you can join for as little as three dollars a month www.patreon.com slash real moms of bravo Anthony, please remind everyone how they can follow you, listen to you, your podcast, um, watch you. I mean, I feel like you're on all the platforms. Sure. So quickly becoming my most popular platform is TikTok. So you can find me there at Anthony Lario, A-N-T-H-O-N-Y-L-A-R-I-L. If you're a Taylor Swift fan, double bonus for you. Follow me on there. Um, you can find me at the same handle on Instagram and you can find shit show podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you're somebody with a growing business or you want a social media consult or marketing consult or just ideas for how to generally get yourself out there and creativity, you can always send me a DM or email. Anthony is one of the best. He's helped us. He is a wealth of knowledge though. 
I give my biggest endorsement to him. But another way to support us, if you haven't done this already, is give us a review, a quick five-star rating. Do it on the Shit Show podcast. Do it on the Real Moms of Bravo podcast. Leave a written um, review too if you're feeling extra, extra kind. It's a way for us to continue to get fun bookings and continue to do what we love to do. I know Apple went through a recent change, so you don't subscribe, follow. I guess that's following now on podcast. So please give us a follow. Um, We hope you're having a great day wherever you are. And thank you again for your support. And we'll catch you next week. You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're Body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At Body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a Pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com.